Tzoraim Tov, we continue with the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. We're in the Brach of Elokaini Shema. We were explaining the special characteristics of the soul. And we were referring to the Gemara that was telling us that we can understand the soul by comparing it to Hashem. And we gave the two first examples of just like Hashem can, can see and not be seen, so to the soul uh, sees and cannot be seen. Uh, well, rather, let's start with just like Hashem fills the wor or world, so the soul fills the world. And just like Hashem can be seen and can see and not be seen, so the soul can see and not be seen. And those are the two levels we can relate to. I'm skipping a little bit in this uh, Sefer, but going to the bottom of page Sadi Gimel, and rather skipping that as well, I meant going to the page Sadi Hey. After those first two levels, okay, um, and you know, let me let me clarify the first two levels we were discussing, which Hashem nourishes the world and He fills the world. So now we go to the next level of Hakadosh Baruch Hu sees and is not seen. That's the third level. So same thing with the soul, just like Hashem is pure, same with the soul, and just like Hashem is in a room within a room, so to speak, very secluded, so is the soul. And that's the concept of Kadosh, 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 three things that are way beyond what we can understand. The fact that Hashem can see and is not seen, so I know, therefore, that Hashem has a connection with me but I have trouble grasping that idea. It's not like the first two praises that Hashem nourishes the whole world because I see that the world is nourished because where else is going to get nourished from? Everything's screaming out that way. But uh, here we're talking about a different type of greatness of Hashem that although it relates to us, Hashem is seeing us and I don't see Him, but I can't grasp the idea. I can accept it that you're saying it but it's hard for me to sense that. For example, it says, you know, one hour, one moment of pleasure in the world to come is greater than all the pleasures of this world. Okay, you take millions and millions and millions, every single pleasure in the world, it's not even close to what one little pleasure next world to come. Okay, that's what Hashem says. That's what we believe, but it's hard for us to grasp that idea. Okay, the next, uh, so therefore the same thing. The Shema sees but isn't seen. Okay, that's a great thing. Okay, so therefore um, I should be able to come up to such a level, so to speak. But, you know, people can tell me I can reach big levels, but it's hard for me to grasp it. Okay, so that's something we can accept, but hard to relate to. Then Hashem is pure, so our soul is pure. So, obviously, this means Hashem's kindness of giving us something that's so special. And again, we have no understanding to know how great a pure soul is to reach such a level of such purity. So again, that's an idea that's beyond us. And finally, Hashem is sitting in the Chadre Chadorm, a room within a room, and so the soul does too. So there's a certain aspect of a distancing of Hashem as as great as he is and as connected as we are with him but still there's a certain degree 
of distance that we have. Certain parts of Hashem will never understand. And so there's certain parts of our soul that we will never understand. Okay, just, <coughs> just wanted to add that to finish up this idea. But now we're going into the main topic for today. And that's the next thing that we say after this is Birchas HaTorah, the Torah blessings. And let's get it clear. There are two Torah blessings we say in the morning. To engage in the study of Torah and goes on to Please make the Torah sweet in our mouths, etc., etc., etc. Till the end of that first bracha. And the second bracha says, So those are the two brachas. Now, it's interesting why we have to have two brachas. Isn't one bracha enough? But it really is very similar to the two brachas of Bris Milo. One the Moel makes, and one the Father makes. The first bracha is, Asher Kedisham Al Hamilo, on circumcision. Okay, that's the bracha we make, just so we make a bracha on any mitzvah we do. It's a bracha we make on a mitzvah. Then we add, Baruch Hashem Okeim Ocholam, Asher Kishmatzvanu, Lahachniso Bivriso Shel Avram Avinu, to bring the child into the covenant of Avram Avinu. And that bracha is really discussing the essence of the bris. So it comes out, there's two aspects. There's the aspect of, Doing a circumcision is a mitzvah, just like tefillin and tzitzis and lulav and matzah. There's a brach and a specific mitzvah. And then there is, when you do it, you now create a bris and a connection that results through the fulfillment of that mitzvah. So there's two points. I'm doing the mitzvah, but this mitzvah creates a covenant and a connection between us and Hashem. Yeah. Only Spartan. But that has nothing to do with the essential aspect of the bracha. Only, that's not the essential. That's just because you haven't, you've never done it before. But that's not the essential. Well, I'm relating to what you just said now. You said it's the. With a bris. Yeah. But it's still, that's machloka Spartan Ashkenazim. But again, it doesn't deal with the essence of what the bracha is. Now, that's what we can say by a bris. So let's try to do the same thing. We're talking about. Talmud Torah, the learning of the Torah. There's two aspects as well. There's a mitzvah of learning Torah, and that's the first bracha. An aspect, rather. And then we give a blessing of praise for the actual giving of the Torah and the bonding between us and Hashem that results with the giving of the Torah and the wondrous things that are concealed within the Torah. As Yerushalmi says, that one thing of Torah is worth more than the entire world. It really brings us back to Sinai. And at Sinai, there were two concepts, two realities that happened. Number one, Hashem gave us the Torah. A tremendous bounty of written and oral law. Whatever we're ever going to learn. That's number one. But number two, Hashem revealed a tremendous bond that he wants to have with us. That's included in all of the Torah and everything that's included in that as well. So that's just like by a bris. There's the mitzvah and then there's the covenant. So 
this, the whole Torah, it's a gift, a mitzvah to learn Torah, and the covenant and the bond that exists when we get the Torah. So this is what really was the new novel idea when it came to Torah. Because certainly the patriarchs had learned Torah. But the, the point is in that second bracha, you chose us from all the people and you gave us your Torah. That's a connection to Hashem. It's as it says in Sefer Torah at the end when we refer back to the sign of revelation. It's called the bris that Hashem cut with us. It is a covenant and a bris that separates us from all the other nations of the world. A bris that Hashem made us the chosen people and gave us dominion over the lower and higher worlds on a spiritual level. The Nevesh HaChayim explains that every single Jew received that at Kabbalah Satar. Okay, and since they received the Torah, which is their life and their existence, of in all the entire worlds. They've accepted it and everything depends on that. And therefore we are totally bond up with the creator of the world beyond what we can even imagine. And that's what the Zohar means that Yisrael v'araisa v'kutshu The Jews, Hashem, the Torah, all one. And therefore we make the bracha, Asher bochar banum, you chose for all the people. But then we say, olam an eternal life you implanted within us. Because the Torah is the source above of all the worlds. And every all existence depends on that. Our learning Torah and keeping Torah keeps the world going. And this is a bond that we are partners with Hashem, with ourselves and with the maintenance of the world. So this is the simple understanding. There's two aspects. Now, certainly we also ask Hashem that we should enjoy it, it should be sweet. We should appreciate the gift that we have. That's the second part of the first bracha. But there's certainly two points. We have to learn Torah. We have a miss of learning Torah and to learn it with joy and to appreciate the covenant that we have with Hashem. Yeah? No? Nothing? Okay. So now there's a deeper part that Pinchas gets into. Okay? So we have a general part that we just spoke about. And then there's a deeper part. And this is brought to us courtesy of the Zohar HaKadosh. Zohar HaKadosh says, each and every Jew who stood at Sinai received his special portion of the Torah. And besides the overall giving the Torah to everybody, every Jew would have a special portion of Torah based on his root soul and the mission he's meant to keep in this world. And the source of each and every Jewish soul is found in one letter in the Torah. So we have to understand what does that mean mystically. There's only so many letters in the Torah and there's lots of people. There's more than, you know, the history of the world has been more than 600,000 people in the Jewish people in the world. Okay, we talk about root souls. Okay, I don't want to go into that direction right now. But this is the reality that's there. And in the introduction to the response of the Ksav Sofer, he says, when we finish the Shemon Esrei, right at the end, the, those, sup, those supplemental prayers, we say, And give us Hashem, give us our portion in your Torah. 
He explains that each and every Jew has a portion of Torah that's specifically designated only to him. And it can only be revealed through that person. So we pray that we should merit to be able to bring that portion and reveal it. So that really means each Jew has something, even the greatest rabbi in the world who knows the whole Torah. There's always one more insight that he doesn't have. And that a, a simple Jew who studies Torah can come to this. And therefore, this explains now another concept. There's a concept regarding Torah. It's a negative one. It's called Bitul Torah. It's usually applied when a person's sitting and learning, and then all of a sudden, he starts wasting his time. He's learning. He didn't make sure to put the cell phone away. Cell phone rings. It's a friend. Oh, he starts schmoozing for half an hour. Then he goes back to his learning. So it's a half an hour. It's called a Bitul Torah. Literally means nullifying the Torah. Now the term is a very unusual term. Why? No one can nullify any part of the Torah, can they? The Torah exists. The only thing we would say is Bitul Zman. I wasted time. That you could say. Yeah. So what if a person is taking a break? Then what is that? Okay. Is it a necessary break or not a necessary break? If he's been learning for four hours and now he has to eat lunch, he's tired, he can take, eat some lunch. Let's take a little nap. Takes no nap. But if he's in his regularly scheduled learning time and he just starts schmoozing with somebody, that's a waste. If you have a regular class, okay, if you're sick, okay, you can't come to the class. But uh, something else comes up, but it's not that important. It really isn't. So so the, que- so, but the question is, why do we call it Bittl Torah? Call it Bittl Zman. Okay. And the truth is, we're nullifying the time that we could be learning Torah. So there's no idea, for example, of bitul lulav. <laughs> you nullified the lulav. We could say you nullified not doing the mitzvah lulav. Okay, you could say I nullified not doing the pasimis of learning Torah. But say bitul Torah. I nullified the Torah. How can you say you nullified the Torah? She so said the way we've explained this, it makes the space on the sort makes sense because if every Jew has a portion of his Torah. And if he wastes time, he may not bring in, bring out that part of Torah he was destined to bring out. So in a certain aspect, there'll be the nullification of his Torah that he was supposed to bring out. This is fascinating. Every Jew, even a secular Jew, has a part of Torah. We'll never know what that part of Torah is. It's gone. We're never going to see it. <laughs> yeah? It's the same like, I can relate this to like you're wasting the seed. If that soul would have come, maybe those guys got something. Yeah, wasting seed can be something similar in a certain way. Now he goes a little bit deeper. How far this goes? When a person doesn't learn the Torah he's supposed to learn, and that does not get revealed, we think, okay, so that guy is the only guy who lost out, and he didn't bring out that Torah. But you got to know it's something that's missing for. Many, many more Jews. Because let's say like this. Let's say that Ruvain, his portion in Torah, 
was to bring out a really good question on the Gemara. That was his portion, to ask a question nobody thought of. And guess what? Shimon's role of Torah is to find an answer to that question. Now what if Reuven wastes his time and never comes up to the question? So what's going to happen to Shimon? Shimon can learn his whole life, but he'll never have that answer because he never will have heard that question. Okay, so therefore the the waste of time of Ruvain will affect the nullification of his Torah and Shimon's Torah. And therefore we can understand the Gemara, that's, uh, the Medrash that says, if the Jewish people would have had one less person at Sinai and we wouldn't have had 600,000 people, we would not have been able to, re- to receive the Torah. Because the 600,000 letter words uh, and 600,000 letters and need 600,000 Jews. That is the structure of Kalalius role. The Jewish structure is based on a perfect structure. 600,000, 600,000. So everyone has that part of Torah that he has to know. And Torah, more than that, is like the names of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that means it's not a complete Torah. So even though we may have complete Sifre Torah lying in the shul, but the composite Jewish people that's represented as a complete Sifre Torah is missing. So what's going to be if a Jew dies and doesn't have his portion of Torah revealed? I guess he'll have to come back as a Gilbul to bring back that portion of Torah. Okay. So now by explaining this point, we can come on to another point as following. He says, it's well known, it's not easy to merit the study of Torah. There's all kinds of uh, orders and systems that have to be in place for you to merit to be a, a scholar. For example, Pirkei says, the Torah is acquired with 48 characteristics. So if you're missing one, you're not getting the full acquisition of Torah. So there's all things. Gemara says you have to have a little bit of Yerushalayim. If you don't have Yerushalayim for Hashem, you don't get a certain siyat to the Shema, divine assistance, you're missing some kind of Torah. Okay. But there's one exception to the rule where there were no rules. In other words, there's rules in how you can be a Torah scholar. Sleeping in the morning is not going to be a way you can be a Torah scholar. Spending very little time a day studying Torah, not being serious about it, not trying to review and things like that, you're not going to be a scholar. Forget it, you're not going to get anything. There's certain rules. There's one time where there are no rules. All the rules were broken. That was Kabbalah Satorah. That is when Hashem gave us the Torah at Sinai. Every Jew merited his portion of Torah. All souls, right? What? All souls. All souls. Whoever has a chalik of a portion of a Jewish soul got a portion of Torah. Although everything else, every other mitzvah has to have certain rules and regulations. For example, you can't blow a chauffeur on sukkis or eat matzah on shvuas. Right, and uh, certain prayers have you have to say certain words, certain order. 
Torah has certain or orders of understanding it. But the giving of the Holy Torah to the Jewish people, this was its own thing. Because it says, again, Hashem chose us from all the people and gave us his Torah. He gave each and every one of us some Torah equally. Now, we know in the next world, you know, there's going to be different access points in the, in the heavenly academy. I don't think I'm going, you know, where the Chavetz Chaim is. They're not going to let me in there. I'm too far away from that. There are certain access points in the next world. But you got to know something. There's always an access point to Hashem himself. Hashem, can, you can access him at any time. Now, you can be accessed into, in other words, that's you're in a big, big, big high school of learning. You're not going to get into the top class. But guess what? The, the dean is willing to study privately with people who are behind. So with Hashem, you can always get a hold of him, so to speak. Okay. And we have a, with, with the, there's something that's called, for example, the Neshama of all Neshamas. The, 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 the root part of all Neshamas, and that's a Kaddish Baruch. That's Hashem, the Torah, and the Jewish people. And even if a Jew wants to remove himself completely from Torah, okay, but still that Jew is connected. That's an essential connection that Hashem gave every single Jew. And he's not, he's different from a goy. A goy has no connection to Torah. And when a Jew finally comes back to that, he'll find that root of Torah that he wants. Okay. So in other words, what we're saying is, in the way that Hashem created the world in the six days, there's a certain area that a person can enter, and there's certain boundaries that he can't enter. But there was one time where there was no boundaries, and that was when the Torah was given. So giving the Torah meant there were no boundaries. All the boundaries were taken, except you couldn't climb up to the mountain, of course. Because Hashem has no boundaries. This is beyond what we can understand, but we know. It says, Hashem yitain chachma. Hashem gives wisdom. And there's a ladder, just like Yaakov's ladder, from the bottom to the top. And we know that Talmud Torah is the greatest of all the mitzvahs. Okay. And Talmud Torah really can go higher, 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 higher than the highest world. Even the world of Atzilus, which is the highest world, Torah is higher than that. And yet it can go all the way down, all the way to the bottom. With my little, little piece of Torah, I can be connected to this great ladder. So at Matan Torah, all the barriers were broken. He took the Torah from the Shemaim, he put it in our Sinai. And Shlom Melech uses a metaphor where we said, we say, Hashem, please give me the kisses that you gave me like at Sinai. Because Hashem has no boundaries. He can do whatever he wants. And if he wants to give us the Torah, if we deserve it or not, he makes the rules. And every Shavuos, we have that great opportunity for this to happen. And this is, again, where the Gemara, where the Gemara explains what is Shir, in Shir Hashem, when Hashem says, when, when Shlomach says, Hashem, kiss me with those kisses from your lips. There are two kisses. What were those two kisses? 
Kiss number one was the first commandment, Anochi Hashem Elekecha, I am the Lord your God. The second one was the second commandment, you shall not have any false idols. This is interesting. So usually when it comes to love, it can only happen in a positive way. You have to do something. If you love somebody, you have to do something. But here, when it talks about Hashem's love, even if you're not able to well up inside of you a certain amount of love in a positive way, you can still have something with Hashem's love. By what? By not creating any barriers between you and Hashem. Because Shomel says, Yashkeni minashikas peyu. Hashem, you kiss me with the kisses of your lips. What is that? Those are the first two commandments. How do we merit to getting a kiss from Hashem? Through having fear of God. Because if there's a barrier, the kiss can't get to you. If you got barriers in front of you, how can Hashem kiss you? You're putting a barrier in front. But if you take away the barrier, then Hashem can give us that kiss of Torah. So as long as, so what does that really mean? It means we shouldn't be involved in Narishkeit. If we're busy with every silly thing in the world, and occasionally we turn to Torah, you know, you're not, you created too big of a barrier. You won't appreciate whatever Hashem has to give you. And we gotta, we gotta remember it, because the essential kiss comes from Hashem. We can't really do anything. It all comes from Hashem, and we get a lot of siyata deshmaya in that area. Okay. So therefore, in this area, we go from the lighter issue to the stronger issue. First, we make a bracha on the mitzvah of learning Torah. There's a mitzvah to learn Torah like any other mitzvah. And that's what our body has to do. But then we make the second bracha really is a bracha for our soul. We say, Asher bracharbonu mikolami, Hashem, He chose us from all the people. He gave us a Torah, which Hashem really delights in it. Vinosan lono es Torah so, and Hashem gave us His Torah. I mean, it's a special bracha and the uniqueness of Torah. In other words, we don't, it's not going to say for Torah. We're talking about Torah. The wisdom of Hashem is Torah. The, the genius of Hashem is Torah. The connection with Hashem is Torah. The bond with Hashem is Torah. I have a mitzvah studying Torah and I got this bond. There's a, there's a concept called Torah. It's God's will. It's God's personal diary that he only wants to share with us because he's bonded with us. And a person has to make a bracha for that great simcha. We feel so privileged that that is this connection that's happening because we we recognize um, with the gratitude that he gave us that which even the malachim wanted to have. He wouldn't give. So at the very beginning of the morning, we make this bracha and similarly, the Gemara Chagiga says, you cannot give Torah over to a non-Jew. You know, a Goy, if it wants, if a Goy wants, he can put on tzitzis. He can put on tzvillin. He can put up a mezuzah. Learning Torah, he cannot do. To the point where the Gemara says, a Goy who learns Torah is of Misa. Death penalty. Because he cannot get into the inter-sanctum of bonding with Hashem. 
So Goyim wants to do mitzvahs, let him do mitzvahs. I mean, we don't no, teach him how to do it, but he does the mitzvahs. I think I read somewhere there was some, some Goyim who wanted to have a mitzvah. He says, I, 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 I connect with the Jewish people and their plight. I want them to feel that I'm, I'm part of their, their, uh, their plight. So they can do mitzvahs, but you can't learn Torah. We merited this tremendous bris and love with Hashem through that Torah. And therefore, we've got to really appreciate that mitzvah. And we only make the bracha once a day. Ay, how come we don't make many times the bracha? I learn a little bit in the morning, a little bit at night, a little bit. The answer is because that's our default position. The bond is always there. We have a bond. And whenever I have a free moment, if you're bound up with something, I'm going to go right back to it. I don't want to waste any time with Torah. So that's the kavana, the joy. Of that, and, and, and it's it's called ASIC, like a business. Why do you use the word ASIC? ASIC also means a business. So to be engrossed. What does that mean? When you have your own business, man, all day long, you're thinking about the business. You're not going to do anything that will jeopardize the business. We have to look at Torah as a business. And you got to put in a lot of effort as in a business. If you don't put a lot of effort like in a business, it will fail. Because it's the business of this covenant that we have with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Okay, I'm going to stop it over here. Tomorrow we begin the individual Birch HaShachar, Mir Mm-hmm.